Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. It's a worldwide wave time. Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community, taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. I'm Matt, and we are live in Joy's fabulous studios at the magnificent Victorian Pride Centre with the worldwide wave team tonight of Alex. Good evening. Hello, Shannon. Hey. Good evening, Stefan. Hello. Sometimes it feels like it's a real challenge to find good news stories from Africa's LGBT community. But tonight, we bring you one such story from Namibia. Not only have they produced Namibia's first ever LGBT feature film, but also shows LGBT relationships in a positive light. And most importantly, it has been well received by audiences. The film is called Kapana. It had its Australian debut at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. The director is Philip Talavera, who is also the foundator of the Oyo Trust, a Namibian organisation aiming to create social awareness using the arts. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. We couldn't really find one love story that was from Africa. And I think representation is important. And we sort of kept asking ourselves if we have a 16, 17, 18-year-old Namibian that is struggling with his sexuality and that is looking, for example, that is trying to Google and look for movies, what representation do we want him to have? Do we want him to see only negative stories, dramas, where basically the message is your life will be a misery because you're gay? Or do we want him to also find some hope? The southern African nation of Namibia still has colonial-era sodomy laws in place for sex between men. There are no laws against sex between women. LGBT people do face discrimination in their daily lives, but it is not as prevalent or as dangerous as some of their African neighbours. One way that change is happening is through the telling of stories. One of these stories has become a feature film, the first Namibian LGBT feature film. Philippe Talavera is the director of the film Capana. He is a Frenchman who now calls Namibia home. He joined us from London where Capana was making its European premiere. We asked Philippe why Namibia had not had a queer feature film before now. Well, in Namibia, like in many African countries, sodomy is still a crime. So LGBTQI plus relationships are by definition crimes. So... 
there hasn't been a film about the crime, and I guess that's the, that's the easy answer, before. Uh, but for the last two or three years, there's been a lot of movements from various LGBTQI plus organizations to try to challenge the status quo. And there's been a lot of uh, a lot of noise made about the need to change the legislation and the need to challenge this old, old, I mean, those are legislation we inherited in the 1930s. So the need to change those uh, legislation. We are in the 21st century and um, it's quite an aberration that in so many African countries, um, gay relationships are still unlawful. So I think Kapana sort of came at the right time to continue the discussion and to promote more discussion in the country. But I guess it hasn't been done before because it's a very sensitive topic. You're portraying a relationship between two people which you're trying to normalize. And in many ways, some people could ask you, why are you trying to normalize a crime? Uh, And I guess that would be from a legal point of view, a fair question, even though from a moral and uh, advocacy point of view, it's not the right question to ask. There's a lot of stigmatization around gay relationship. Um, There's a lot of shame associated to it. And I guess for many people, um, it's perceived as being maybe a dangerous walk to walk. And how did the film come about? I mean, where did the story come from? Some years ago, already in 2017, I did a film in correctional facilities. One of the problems of this legislation is that, of course, in correctional facilities, you cannot have condoms because you got only men. So um, I did Salute in correctional facility back in 2017 to start talking about this issue, even though Salute is not a gay movie. It does touch on, on gay sex uh, in correctional facilities, so in a very specific um, setting. And um, we were with one of the actors in nominated for a prize as, as best African film in Nigeria. And we were discussing with Adriano and we said there is a need to tell uh, some queer love stories in Namibia. Um, but also, generally speaking, there is a need to tell some queer love stories in Africa. Because we started to look at what example and what representation do African people have? And there's been some very beautiful LGBT movies like Rafiki in Kenya, like Muffins of Africa, but they are all very dramatic. Um, they all look at probably more the reality, more what is happening, that if you are gay or lesbian, you're kicked out of your house. There is some police brutality. Um, you can end up in jail in some countries. You can uh, even be stoned to death. So the films have focused on the negative aspect of um, being gay or lesbian. We couldn't really find one love story that was from Africa. And I think representation is important. And we sort of kept asking ourselves, if we have a 16, 17, 18-year-old Namibian that is struggling with his sexuality and that is looking, for example, that is trying to Google and look for movies, what representation do we want him to have? Do we want him to see only negative stories, dramas, where basically the message is your life will be a misery because you're gay? Or do we want him to also find some hope and think that actually you can fall in love and you can be loved in return? So that's um, how Kapana came. 
that we decided we won't make it a fairy tale. That's no point. I mean, life is not a fairy tale, but we want to make it a love story. And we want to give a little bit of hope that uh, you can be gay, you can be African, uh, and you can be happy. You've had lots of international success so far. Best feature film at the African Diaspora Cinema Festival in Italy. You're uh, just opening in UK and premiering here in Australia. I'm curious, though, how it's been received in Namibia. It's been uh, <clears throat> well, it's been quite well received, but uh, we unfortunately, I don't know, unfortunately, started to screen it during COVID. So we had so many restrictions, so we couldn't screen it as widely as we would have liked to screen it. On the one hand, it was a blessing in disguise because we had smaller audiences, so we could have Q&A with those audiences. And actually, that's what we wanted to do. It's not just to screen the movie, but to be able to have a discussion with the audience. So the fact that we had or we were forced because of COVID regulation to have smaller audiences was probably easier to have discussion with the audiences we had. Um, the downside is that we couldn't um, go to as many places as we wanted and we could have as, couldn't have as many of those discussions as we wanted. But it's been well received. We decided to tour it internationally because we wanted to protect it and we wanted to avoid some form of censorship that might have come. And we thought if we managed to get into some festival and we managed to get some prices, it would be harder to uh, ban the film. And indeed, I guess now uh, we won enough prices. We had price in the US, we had price in Italy, as you mentioned, we had even had the price in Ghana. So um, that would be harder to ban the film. So now we sort of are free to use it as we would like to use it. It will be a slow process. It will be shown on the 1st of December again in the capital city as part of World AIDS Day. Um, the capital city is a little bit easier. The capital city is probably open, more open-minded, but we still want to bring it to other parts of the countries and to trigger a discussion. Um, we had one interesting discussion. We had a screening in, in a township, uh, a very conservative township, and I was a bit skeptical about it in the beginning. And um, in the beginning, when you got um, the two guys meeting and the two guys having sex, people were laughing and calling their names and criticizing them and whatever. And without giving too much at one step stage, the two guys separate. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> step by step in the audience, I was, oh, go back with him, go back with him, you can see him. <laughs> and we thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and I sort of forgot it was two guys. Um, they sort of started to root for those two characters, forgetting it was two guys. And that's exactly what we wanted. That's Philippe Talavera, the director of the film Kapana, Namibia's first ever LGBTI film, uh, with us on Joy 94.9. Both Alex and I have had the pleasure of already seeing this at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. You can still catch it at MQFF+, which is the online streaming version, uh, until this Sunday. Um, I I like that idea, Alex, of, uh, you know, they were looking at all the films in Africa and, and... Whilst they were showing reality for LGBT people, there wasn't much good news. Yeah. And they wanted to provide some hope. Yes. No, absolutely. It was was great to see that sort of positive imagery also devoid of kind of, you know, what some people might consider stereotypes or, you know, they were two ordinary men, for whatever that means. Um, 
getting yeah, on with their nice daily lives. And, and, yeah. yeah, we should explain. Kapana is actually meat. Yeah. It's, a, it's like this um, strip of meat and they have these open barbecues in markets and people come and buy their, yeah. their, their lunch, this meat. So Kapana is the meat. And one of the characters, one of the lead characters, is a, is a seller of Kapana, which is where Kapana the man. name... Kapana Man, so, yeah. yeah. It's not a metaphor for a meat market or... It, no. Well, it wasn't until now. <laughs> It'll be probably on the next promo poster now, now that you've said that. Um, it was... Uh, I was interested in what he was saying about COVID and how it may have actually helped the film. So that um, because they weren't able to go to as many places, the places they were able to go, they were able to go and have good discussions and really um, open people up to the idea. I, it's something good that has come from COVID. We've got to be pleased with that. Can't see you here very often. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if they come back to that. <laughs> Um, I'm also wondering, though, if because they didn't go to as many places, they probably hit up the, the major cities, therefore they may not have got as much opposition. If it had mm. have gone broader and they had have gone into non-metropolitan, mm. non-city areas, I should say, um, maybe there would have been greater opposition. Yeah, and it was interesting that he was saying that the international accolades, the film has received has actually then made it difficult for the country to... Bit of protection. It, yeah, it's a protected film because then it's sort of reputation of uh, the films received and every country loves when their own products are... cultural products are received positively globally, so that makes it difficult to then ban the film retrospectively or anything. So that's a positive outcome. And coming up, we get a glimpse of what daily life is like to LP, LGBT Namibians... This is Worldwide Wave. Australia's one and only Joy. Hi, this is Janne, Mr. Gay Finland, and you are listening on the Worldwide Wave on Joy 94.9. Do you have a favourite LGBT movie? Um, maybe, Alex, there's something from the, the, the MQFF that's just been held that might have stood out. Yeah, I like the South African film that it was actually mentioned in that uh, take before, Moffy, which is a derogatory term used. It means, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, that was good. I mean, it was, as the gentleman said, it was, uh, as, as Philippe said, it was a bit on the dark side mm. um, because it was set in oh, 1981. Yeah. There uh, was a... Um, a, a Tom Cruise Top Gun version set in, I think it was Estonia, wasn't it? Oh, yes, uh, Firebird. Firebird. Really well made. Yeah, really well made. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, it was kind of, you know, gay Top Gun type thing. Yes, of, yeah. With a Russian twist. Mm. Yeah. And true um, story. And, and of course, um, Beautiful Thing got another showing. Yes. I was going to was, uh, was I've got 20, a soft spot for that movie. 20th, mm. 25th anniversary showing. 25th anniversary. I, I remember so, that in um, this yeah, movie really, theatre. Really great. Namibia's first queer film called Kapana tackles issues of same-sex relationships, acceptance, internalised homophobia, HIV prevention and stigma. It's an education piece as much as it is entertainment, which is perhaps another reason it's been able to be shown in Namibia. French-born director Philip Talavera made the film through OU Trust, a Namibian organisation aimed to create social awareness using the arts. Given that the sodomy laws and discrimination still exist for LGBTIQ people in Namibia, we asked Philippe if he thought it was easier for him, as someone from outside Namibia, to make a queer film than it would be for a local director. 
I think it did help. Uh, I mean, I've been in MDA for 25 years, yeah. so I'm, I'm quite grounded in uh, in the country, and, and Namibia is home in every way. But I think the fact that I am an outsider helps protect a little bit because people can always say, oh, that's the outsider that did it. And that's making it a little bit easier, I guess, um, than if it had been born and bred Namibian trying to do the same thing. And that's where I think sometimes it's important to take every advantage you can. Uh, and that's an advantage in this case that in many ways, Namibian, because I lived there for so many years, I'm a permanent resident. But um, when people need, I can also not be Namibian. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, then uh, they can hide behind that as well. Maybe also having some roots in France, I'm less um, shy to show some things that maybe a local Namibian uh, would have. I'm sure there's probably not too many Australians who have been to Namibia. Give us a bit of a flavour about what life is like for an LGBT person in Namibia. It's not illegal to be gay as long as you don't have sex. So basically, uh, you could be gay and abstain your whole life. It's fine. The problem is if you meet someone and if you want to uh, cohabit or live with someone or raise a child with someone. So basically, it's a little... um, bit of let's play the ostrich game so as long as it's not seen it's not talked about so as long as you are discreet as long as you do it privately it's fine um, you won't be arrested because to be arrested you would have to be taken while having sex basically you would have to prove that the two people were having sex uh, even if it's consensual sex but as a consequence there cannot be openly gay places. So there's no gay bar, there's no gay club, um, there's no open, safe gay spaces where you can go and meet. So to meet people is tricky. Uh, And actually when we did the research with the writers, a lot of the questions were, where do you meet? Because there's no places where you can meet. And it's not like we have a big internet there's, of course, a bit of grinder and things like that going on, but it's not like we have a big uh, internet um, network. And even if you meet on internet, where do you physically meet after? And a lot of people in Namibia, like in many African countries, cohabit with their parents, with their family. So obviously, since it's a crime, you will not bring your one-night stand or your new boyfriend back home. So the question uh, very quickly became, where do you meet? Where do you have sex? And that's the bigger part of the problem is that there's no safe spaces. So a lot of encounters happen in semi-public places, like some bars are a little bit more gay-friendly. So you know that if you go to that bar, it's okay-ish, but then you would have sex in the toilet or um, there's a couple of spots in town where if you got a car, you will go and you will have sex in the car. But as a result, it's not very conducive for creating a real connection. Um, And it's not very conducive for um, trying to really meet someone. So if you want to have sex, it's okay-ish. And you do it quickly and nobody sees and nobody talks. But if you want to um, start a relationship, 
it's something quite different. I did um, also read that there's no discrimination protections. Is that perhaps a way that, you know, in daily life, discrimination is used you know, perhaps at work or or just going about your business where LGBT people find it difficult? Yes, and the discrimination, unfortunately, is more towards the uh, more effeminate type of gay uh, people because it's quite obvious you're gay if you're um, effeminate or trans or cross-dresser. And unfortunately, uh, because it's more obvious from the outside, they suffer much more from discrimination, whether it is at the workplace or whether it is from the police. For men who would be more masculine in the closet, um, they would never tell their workplace, or they would never tell uh, people that they are gay, and then they wouldn't be harassed or they wouldn't be discriminated against. But unfortunately, it means that they live their whole life with a secret. If you see Capanda, you will see um, the character Simeon. There's a lot of Simeon in 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 the character in in the character in in, in the in Capanda would be what is called the top guy or the active guy, and a lot of those guys actually don't identify as gay, mm. um, and they don't want to identify as gay. So again, it puts more pressure on the other partner that the other partner is the gay one. They are not gay. Um, at the same time, they are not straight, so they don't really know what they are. And I think it can become psychologically quite confusing as well. Speaking from the UK, that's film director and founder of the Oyo Arts Trust in Namibia, Philippe Talavera, with us on Joy 94.9 found it interesting his uh, discussion about spaces, safe spaces in Namibia. So it's really hard for um, LGBT people to meet others, mm. even even with apps and things like that. It's just hard to meet meaningfully others. That's the they're, they're wanting safe spaces, and yet here and, and many Western countries – um, those spaces are now disappearing, the bars, the clubs, those yeah, sorts of things. Yep. Post, in a way, our culture's moved to that post-scene era, isn't it, where young people basically don't feel the need necessarily to go to um, LGBT-exclusive venues. Some of us still do. <laughs> yeah, so does <laughs> and it, there's does smaller it, and smaller I'm, choices. Does it I'm just young, I'd like, I'd like there to be some. <laughs> yeah, I know, but there's like good good luck finding them now in Melbourne. But, but do you um, think it, that yeah. Yeah, they just had their time and, you know, they're, they're oh, at well, an earlier stage in their transition and they're going to have a space and then the space will no longer be required? Yeah, I mean, I think there is an evolution of our community to some extent. I just think it's like hard to economically yeah. have a bar that is yes. like designed for that. Well, it wasn't hard before. It was, you know, it was normal. There were, there were plenty multiple. of them. But, there I, were multiple think, but I think she's there's right in the sense there is there is a rent dimension to this, the cost of um, rent and yeah, um, leases, and I think that's affected Melbourne's. But there's events. There's like lots of events that take place at different places that are like that, right? And yeah. I like lots of people I know like go to them and stuff. I just I don't think yeah maybe there's yeah I don't know. 
And then like, in Namibia is just starting to have yeah. events like yeah. Pride festivals and things like that. So, yep. yeah. Look, coming up on Join Only 4.9, Philippe tells us about the momentum to bring about change for Namibia's LGBT community. This is World Wide Wave. Our diverse communities have one home. Joy. Hi, everyone. My name is Yang Fa from Singapore. You are listening to World Wide Wave. Lots of love to everyone at Join Any 4.9. On the show that takes you around the world, uh, one queer story at a time, World Wide Wave. Now, uh, we've had a message in. Uh, Richard from Adelaide, great to have you listening in, Richard. Richard um, loves Beautiful Thing, and yes, it's the 25th anniversary of Beautiful Thing there, Richard. Thank you for that. And also Alex Strangelove, a, um, a Netflix show there. And then the other, the other one I was thinking of, Alex, is, well, a couple actually, Weekend, which is the English one that was oh, yes, yes, really yes. well made a few years ago. And then a lesbian film, uh, Cloudburst, which had oh. Olympia Dukakis in yes, it. Yes, yes. And um, Brenda Fricker, I yeah. think it was, um, from, again, this is probably four or five years ago, but really, yeah. uh, really well made iconic um, uh, actors in there and uh, really good stories. So, um, yeah, let us know your favourite films, uh, LGBT films. And it would be remiss of us not to remind everybody that tomorrow is World AIDS Day, December 1. Uh, You can join in the activities here in Melbourne uh, from 9am. There's a live stream event with the Minister for Health, the Honourable Martin Foley, um, followed by a panel discussion. Uh, there's also the World AIDS Day Memorial uh, from 6pm tomorrow evening. If you go to the Thorn Harbour Health website, you can find out all the details there. And it's Joy's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Rod. 28 years since Australia got its first LGBT radio station here at Joy, so we'll be celebrating as well. But back to our show tonight, we are tonight in Namibia. Yes, despite the presence of the colonial era sodomy laws in Namibia, there are signs of change and good change for the local LGBT community. Pride marches have started and been able to continue. The country's first lady has spoken in support of ending the sodomy laws. Even the fact the film Kapana was made and shown in that in the country uh, is a positive change. We asked the film's director, Philippe Talavera, uh, if those signs of change that we can see internationally are actually being felt by LGBT people locally. Yes, I think for the last two or three years, there started to be a lot of discussion. There's a whole new generation um, that are 20 years old, and I think um, they don't want to go through what the others went through. So there's a fairly vibrant new generation, which is wonderful, uh, and which is taking up the street and trying to define their space in society. They have a long way to go because, of course, they have to pass the opposition of the older generation, but there's a brand new generation that is extremely vibrant, extremely active, and that is trying to put um, that on the agenda. The first lady has been supportive, but government has not. Even recently, uh, last week, we had a minister uh, who used to be the minister of youth and sport speaking against homosexuality in parliament. So every time there is one that speaks for, there is one that speaks very loudly against, unfortunately. But I think, for example, even five years ago, we could not have done Capana. So things have changed over the last three years, and Capana is arriving at the right time, and it's following that movement and hopefully supporting 
that movement and and giving graphic representation to the movement. It's also gone beyond Namibia. Um, I was very surprised. It was selected and won in Ghana. It was selected in Kenya. It was selected in Uganda. And those are countries with very, very strict anti-sodomy laws as well. Um, and the fact that the movie could be selected in those countries um, and that the movie could be screened in those countries is, is fairly amazing. Philippe, for you personally, how does a Frenchman who's studied veterinary science and biochemistry end up working with a, uh, a youth theatre group making films in Namibia? Oh, God. Um, I've got, um, I've always done theatre. I mean, I had a passion for theatre. So I studied veterinary science. I studied biochemistry. I've always loved biology and I always loved theatre. So I trained as an actor as well as I did uh, my studies in um, biochemistry and, uh, and veterinary science. Um, at one stage, I sort of had to choose and um, I had the chance to go to South Africa for my PhD. So um, did my PhD in veterinary science in South Africa. But then from South Africa, I moved to Namibia a little bit by chance. And in Namibia, I had a chance to go back to my passion, which was theater. And originally, that's how OU started. And since there was a lot of problem with HIV back 20 years ago, um, we did a lot of work on HIV using theater and using performances in Namibia. Then step by step, we um, move on to different medium, um, partly because Namibia is the second least populated country in the world, yet we have 12 languages. So theater, if you want to use theater as a tool for change, it's quite complicated because you quickly have a language issue. So we branched out and we started to use dance more and more. Um, but to keep a bit of the theater aspect, we decided to move towards films because even though films use languages, you can use subtitle, that's easier. And um, you can transport a film more easily than you can transport a troupe of actors. So step-by-step, step, we moved towards making film more than we did theater. Um, to be honest, the film medium is, uh, is still sometimes a little bit of a challenge for me because I'm enjoying the three dimension of the stage and the two dimension of the screen is sometimes still a little bit of an exercise. Um, I'm learning as I'm doing, I guess, with every film I've done. And I think I am in a privileged situation where I can give a voice to people who don't normally have a voice. Uh, and that's what I find fascinating is to listen to the stories of people and being able to tell those stories. Uh, it becomes a fiction, but it becomes a fiction based on something real. The film is Kapana. It is Namibia's first ever LGBTIQ film. The director is Philippe Talavera. Thank you very much for joining us on World Wide Wave, Philippe. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And you can still catch this film on MQFF+, Plus, which is the streaming version of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Uh, you can stream it until this Sunday. So go to mqff.com.au to find out more.
Really interested in, uh, so pleased that we were able to bring you a good news story out of Africa and so pleased that there are these indications of change. Do you think, you know, maybe this might have an impact on other countries around? Like you can only hope. I mean, it just seems to be that, uh, I mean, Southern Africa has a bit of a, I think, a bit of a history here of leading the way on progressiveness. So hopefully it will have a flow on to those more problematic Well, the fact regions. that it was shown in Uganda yeah. that, and Ghana. And Ghana, yeah. Ghana's surprising considering what's coming up in our rap stories. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think there will be a flow on. You can only assume because it can't be then accused of being a foreign this usual dynamic that whole thing in, yeah, of yeah, foreign influence homosexuality is a yeah, foreign construct yeah, and it's not African when, the, when yeah. the stories are coming from within Africa that um, newts that line want to hear more find out about LGBT life in over 100 countries download free podcasts of this show subscribe to iTunes or follow us on Twitter visit joy.org.au slash worldwide wave Hello, this is Wolfgang from Conchitabur City, which is Vienna in Austria. You're listening to Worldwide Wave from Joy 94.9. Receive LGBT news from around the world throughout the week. Like Worldwide Wave on Facebook now. A huge thank you to our guest tonight, uh, Philip Talavera the director of the film Kapana, which had its Australian premiere at the Melbourne Queer Film Festival this past week. Uh, but you can still see it online. So MQFF Plus is the online streaming service of the festival. One of the good things about the festival now and, and COVID is, is yeah. you know, access to these films that we... Uh, Absolutely. Um, ..through streaming. So go to mqff.com.au and you can see the good work of the OYO Arts Trust, which created this film at... Uh, it's the website is o m b e t j a on betia dot org. And thank you so much to those of us who contacted us on Facebook, James, Yangfa, Liz, Brett, and heaps more who have joined or interacted with us on Facebook this past week. That's W three Joy on Facebook. And thank you to our behind the scenes podcaster Peter and social media master Dean. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Worldwide Wave the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. Worldwide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night from 7pm Eastern Australian time on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash Worldwide Wave, or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news. Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. <laughs>